You're listening to Tin Pod Radio. I'm Adam P. Nave, co-writer of The Once and Future Queen. Spider pig, spider pig, does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out! He's a spider pig. Thought you got rid of spider pig. He's not spider pig anymore. He is Harry Ploppers. <laughs> to start this off, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're going to talk all spoilers. Spider-Man Homecoming related. Right, Mar? Yeah. <laughs> First off. Spoiler! He got bitten by a radioactive but you didn't have to fucking see it in this movie. No, not once. No, not no, once. no. That was like my favorite part is that it was not a Spider-Man origin. The only <laughs> comment you had was like, uh, Ned was like, got bit by a spider. And he's like, it's dead, Ned. <laughs> I love Ned. Because Ned was Ned a to lot. get bit by one. I can so. see the guy in the chair. <laughs> so, more, did we actually like the movie? Uh, no, it was terrible. <laughs> I loved it. We loved it. Okay, the only thing better than Spider-Man Homecoming was Tom Holland on Lip Sync Battle when he sang Rihanna. If you haven't seen that, do yourself a favor and go watch that on YouTube. I'm tired of Lip Sync Battles. Oh, fuck no. Lip Sync Battle is awesome, and Tom Holland is the best one. Go watch it. He's a talented dude. Before we get right into the movie, let's do it a little different. Let's talk about, like, the performances, and then we'll talk about... Easter eggs, and then overall with the movie. Does that sound good to you? All right. You have so, to stay on point, Mr. Moderator. I will. Uh, Tom Holland, you started talking about him in the first. I loved everybody that's played Spider-Man. I loved Tobey Maguire. I loved, um, what, what the fuck was his name? <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. But Which, Tom Holland. Andrew, I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt. Andrew, come on. <laughs> Do you hear what he said this week? Yeah, he's an idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> He had a hot lady break up with him because he was an idiot, basically. <laughs> but, My goodness, Andrew. But they're all good. Tom Holland is best, mainly because I think one of the best reasons is is they finally cast Smite that looked young and was young. In yeah, because he's worked. like 22, I think, or something. And he's it's young. fine if he grows up as the movies go along, but let's start Spider-Man off young. He should be yeah, started yeah. off young. And he did his like audition practicing with um the guy that plays the Punisher. Did you know that? A uh, guy from Walking Dead? Yeah. Yeah. They did their audition, like, set, work together. No, I didn't Yeah. Know yeah, they did. Uh, overall, I think he's great. Mar thinks he's great. I like Tom Holland, actually, the best out of out of the ones that have played Spider-Man. But didn't you like them all, too? I did like them all. But, like, my thing was, I liked Andrew Garfield better as Peter Parker Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire, even though Tobey Maguire was pretty good. But I liked the Sam Raimi movies better than the newer movies. I actually think when they, they've gotten better at just Spider-Man, like in, with each series of movies. Humor with the character. The second one, they, they added, Andrew Garfield, they added his humor. Yeah, they added his yeah, smart that's what I liked in a there. lot too. And this one, they really add his banter in there even more and stuff, which I liked a lot. Uh, what do you think about Michael Keaton as the Vulture? I thought he was a really good villain. Um, he wasn't campy to me, because I feel like that was a problem with some of the previous Spider-Man movie villains. Like, at least the last two, the Andrew Garfield ones, the villains felt campy to me. Like, I don't know, like, cheesy, and not, like, campy in a fun way, but, like, cheesy, like, 
This is Have lame. you ever read any books with the Vulture character in no. it? He's basically a really old man, businessman, mm-hmm. who becomes this Vulture character uh, and steals stuff and does like... I think he does corporate like terrorism on other corporations and stuff like that. So it was a lot of different casting in the character. Mm-hmm. And that'll bring up something we're going to talk about later. That We love the fact that they made a lot of changes in this movie, mm-hmm. and it really mm-hmm. was in a good way. But I've been a Michael Keaton fan forever. I remember when they cast the first Batman movie with Tim Burton, and everybody was like, they cast Mr. Mom, the Saturday Night Live guy, all this other shit. And I'm like, he'll be great. Because, no, he's fantastic. Because his suit was like a set of armor. It made him taller and all that other stuff. So you, it worked for that character. Yeah. And he's such a good actor. If you've never seen Michael Keaton do anything but comedies... He's such a good actor. Check out Birdman. Check out... There's a lot of stuff he's done. It's really good. And he was great in this movie. Yeah, I thought he was really good. And I liked the fact that, like, when they finally, in their real-life personas, meet, um, he, it's within seconds that he's, like, Peter Parker Spider-Man. <laughs> like, there's no, like, dancing around it. There's no, um... <laughs> okay, from Breaking Bad, when the brother-in-law is, like... It takes him finding that book in the toilet to realize, like, like five years Walt later. is the Heisenberg. Well, it's like, just perfect because Toon's like, when he's in that car, he just says, well, you weren't here around anybody at this point. You weren't here around this mm. point. It, you, you, Peter Parker and Spider-Man are never in the same room at the same time. A and B equals, you must be Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I just like, loved that yeah, part. Yeah, I liked that. Um, no, I thought that the villain was a little more, he was menacing, but, like, there's moments where you see that he's not, like, in it to be evil. Like, he doesn't want to, like, murder people. He's just in it to make money. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, he sells weapons and stuff. But he even has a line where he's like, well, how does your friend Tony Stark feel about that and stuff? And it's like, well, he's not really that much different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like overall. And I like the fact that it also introduces Damage Control, which is a really good limited series to original Damage Control. Check it out. And it's done as a comedic way, but it's also the fact that damage control is the one that comes in. And I think originally Tony Stark is the one that founded damage control, which causes the little conflict of interest. They make the damage, but he makes money off profiteering off of it in a way. And I hope they explore that even more. But I like the fact that a lot of people don't like the way the whole universe is tied in. But this movie, and I talked to a friend of mine about this. I love the way this movie tied in. In the realistic ways. Mm-hmm. That fact that Tony Stark gets involved in stuff. The fact that th- there's always aftermaths of stuff happening. And so I think it's like we talked about earlier in the car today. Like Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr.'s appearances in this movie was done the right amount. Of yeah, time. He, he wasn't, wasn't over overwhelming in the movie. And he really shows up as kind of like the disappointed dad figure. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, Pete. <laughs> but, uh. I, I just think I love that it was tied into all that stuff, and they did a good job of sitting in the back. I don't remember them ever mentioning Uncle Ben in this. Do you? No, not even once. Not it's never really. mentioned, which makes me think there, that's gonna be something that's gonna come up in a later movie. There's something. There's a moment where Aunt May, Marissa Tomei, is like, you know, I've been through a lot, and I worry about you. And apparently, there was a cut scene where Peter is on patrol as Spider-Man, and he witnesses Aunt May rescuing a little girl. They don't. They didn't elaborate on the scenario. But, like, Aunt May is shaken up from it when she gets home. But she doesn't say anything to Peter about what. She's like, oh, nothing happened today. But Pete, like, knows that he saw his aunt save somebody. Mm-hmm. So he knows, like, he gets that from her and stuff. Um, and I guess that's, I think they said that's going to be on the DVD of it. That'd be cool. 
So the next character we'll be talking about is Happy Hogan by John Ferrero. I loved him. Who, by the way, he's becoming the new cult son, if you ask me. The yeah. fact that he's really good in any of the roles they throw him in and stuff. He's such a good actor and a great director, of course, too. But, like, I loved how Happy was used in this. Like, he's Tony Stark's, like, right-hand man in a lot of ways. Well, well Pepper's he, his right-hand man, but Tony Stark, like, uses him in yeah. different ways. Well, and, and also, stuff. it was kind of, like, it was a good way to distance Tony from, you know, like, the fact that Tony doesn't show up every time to help Peter. Like, the first time... Um, like, Happy's the go-between for them, and then, um, he sends one of the suits that's Mm -hmm. automated, but then, you know, like, it's really bad when he actually shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I liked that. But Happy's really funny, the scenes with him, and, like, yeah, I really enjoyed the use of that character again, not overused. And there's a slight amount of, like, you can kind of tell that Happy's a little bit jealous of how much time... Tony's devoting to Pete. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a friendship. It was like a little say. bit like, what, you want me to leave the room? Like, just like a little smidge of that. Like. <laughs> oh, and another thing, spoiling, and I'm going down the list of casting on Wikipedia. <laughs> and by the way, Wikipedia, you fucking, like, your whole thing here is, um, is spoiler in every aspect of it. Well, like, don't go reading the Wikipedia article. I know, but, like, even at a I'm, glance, it's I'm going to say, as a librarian, I routinely refer to Wikipedia. Like, if I'm looking up stuff for the kids, we look at Wikipedia first, and then we follow the links Wikipedia is great as a it's, first step source. Yeah, as a it's first great. step. Like, we follow all the citations and everything, and I use Wikipedia. I use Wikipedia as a source sorry, for stories. Sorry, not sorry. Don't, don't expect fiction to teach you history. Like I use it I the way I want to. <laughs> but the next character is Michelle M.J. Jones, which I love the way they do her character in this because the other character, um, Liz. Liz, they basically, like, originally people thought her character was going to be MJ, and that's the initial... No, everybody thought Zendaya's no, character No, when was. the first, they, they casted What's-Her-Name first, and then they looked at the picture and people got mad. And then people thought Zendaya, is that how you say her name? Zendaya was so. going to be she's that. But I like the way that she's not a typical tall, lanky, you know, typical, attractive model girl, which is what Mary Jane is. She's a model in the book. She's a supermodel. That's why she looks like Sandy Crawford. She's supposed to look like Sandy Crawford. But I like that they cast somebody else. And I like the fact that in future stories, you're going to have MJ, this character who's like, don't take no shit from people. You're saying that that Zendaya, the girl that plays Michelle MJ, doesn't look like a model? No, I'm saying the way they cast and made that character okay. look. Yeah, because they, they like, dressed her down. Yeah, like, she's a supposed lot. to look yeah. like a bookworm, she's like girl. rebel girl, almost like alternative girl. She's and stuff. the girl that I don't know if you remember this from the I think it was the Oscars like two years ago when um, Juliana Rancic was running her mouth about she showed up with dreadlocks, like she looked gorgeous. She had this gorgeous white gown on, and her hair was done in yeah, long I remember dreadlocks. That whole thing. And um, I, it was Juliana Rancic, I think, and she was like, oh, I bet she smells like patchouli and weed or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was super offensive because, like, they all applaud people like the Jenners and shit for wearing, you know, like, traditionally black hairstyles. And then this girl shows up and, you know, that's a natural hairstyle but for her. I like, but, oh, she smells like patchouli and weed. Yeah. Like, I do. I, I just like the fact that they did that with her character and then it's revealed she's MJ. And, and, and one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and we talked about this earlier today, is when she, they're at the, uh, is it, what's that monument? She, they're at the Washington, she is, to me, she's like, 
she's um Katarina Stratford from Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Like she's like. But like, I love they're, they're at that monument and they're like wanting her to go in and she's like, well, I don't feel comfortable going in something that built by slaves. And they turn around and look the at the park. The teacher's like, ranger. no, it wasn't built by slaves. And the park ranger's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. And her character is rebellious, but not in a stupid Hollywood way. She's rebellious so in the like she's intelligent and she's rebelling against you know kind of like injustices mm-hmm. almost rather than just like I'm not gonna do what you tell me to do kind of yeah. thing like she's still really yeah. smart and at the end she becomes like the head of their like debate team I guess yeah. it is yeah. and stuff like that but yeah I really enjoyed what they did with her character uh, yeah I like that they're kind of like they're like nodding at traditional Spider-Man stuff but not like regurgitating stuff from the yeah, other well, five movies like the fact that his main love interest they changed who she was related to so you wouldn't get the fact that tomes like she ended up being her dad and stuff like that which i love i know some of the geeky people oh my god that's not her last i was well. trying to remember back i don't think they even mentioned her last name like until then no they don't because the, the that's not her real last name in the books yeah so it, it was a good surprise by at the end because like that's probably if you stick by the books completely then if you've read the books there's not gonna be any fun yeah. or surprises yeah. there so i love the fact that they changed some stuff and they just didn't change for change like it was all for a reason when they changed stuff yeah and one of my favorite things is the school uh tv Shows yeah, and stuff. I love their how morning news channel. How they're purposely awkward, purposely bad filming and bad writing, and because it's like love that shit. Yeah, it's great. Although to be fair, like now teenagers make super professional YouTube videos and stuff. Like, oh, they do. So it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, but it, it was it was like a cute nod to like awkward high school. It, it was like, the movie was really good that it was the first one that was actually like young people and it really felt like young people. It wasn't like 90210 where they're all in their thirties, <laughs> you know, and like they live in apartments by themselves and shit. And it's like, okay. Okay. Our next character we're talking about is one of our, both our favorite Oh, this made me very happy. Donald Glover. Yes. Pl- plays Aaron Davis. Yeah. Who you don't know is the Prowler in the Ultimate Universe and the uncle of... Miles Morales! What? Now, whether this will lead to more stuff in the future... I hope it does. I does, really hope it does. But I, I do hope it does also because, one, Donald Glover's a great character, I mean, a great actor. They need to bring him back And it would be stuff. good if you could do more stuff with him in the yeah. future in that role, which is a and good also, thing And also, it was Miles. super exciting that he got to be in it because, I mean, it's disappointing that he didn't get to be Spider-Man. But he was lobbying hardcore to be Spider-Man for a long time. And it's really sad they didn't pick him, but I was happy that he got to be in the movie. And it's really good, the fact that they've, they've said that Miles does exist in this yeah, universe. Yeah. Whether he'll ever appear, we but don't he, know. He exists. But he does exist It leaves in me universe. hope. And, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just waiting for that, you know. Just bring him in at some point. Maybe expand it and have, like, the Spider-Verse or something, you know. Like, mm-hmm. work up to that. Because I think they signed Tom Holland for a lot of movies. And yeah, I think there's been a few that he's set up for, but he's he said he doesn't want to play this character for eight billion movies. Yeah, and so like they could progress into that, and they really need to think of what to do after Infinity War and stuff. So, and you know, I know this is early, and they were like, oh, there's gonna be a death in Infinity War and stuff, and everyone's thinking Cap, and I'm kind of like Spider Man. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> I'm like, watch it happen, guys. Watch it happen. But uh. Another bit of small casting Also, please work. bring Kamala Khan, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. They need to do it in the Inhuman series. I've been saying, all right? But 
Uh, they might wait until after. I've always said they might wait until after Captain Marvel. Because, you know that Inhuman show is gonna tank, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is not gonna happen. It'd be really good. They said that right. about the Shield show. And it Bring back done. Agent Carter. That's what we really want to see. What a show! It didn't get any ratings. It's I great. love Agent Carter. I do too. It's a great show, but nobody was really watching it. No. Not <laughs> a cliffhanger. But my problem with Kamala Khan being brought in now is one of the huge parts of her character is the fact that she looks up to Captain Marvel in an unhealthy way in a way because she doesn't want her own identity in a way and I think if they brought her in now who you gonna have her look up to to be that role it would be they'd probably insert a male character which I wouldn't like at all because you really don't have a strong public female character we still have another year is Captain Marvel gonna be in the fall next year it's after Infinity War oh so it has to be after Infinity War. Come on, Marvel. Well, they had to push it back to get this Spider-Man movie out. That's why it got pushed back. Because the next one is Thor, and then, uh, is it Infinity War? And then, no, oh, Black Panther. Black Panther's and then uh, Infinity February. War. So, uh, got, everything got pushed back, actually, by Spider-Man, because they jumped it when they made that I mean, that I'm video. happy about the Spider-Man movie. That I, like, I just loved everything about it, but... It's the same thing, like, okay, DC... It took them forever to make a Wonder Woman movie, which it should have been, like, one of the ones that they did first. Like, she's one of the most iconic ones. Um, but they finally did it, and I'm happy. But, you know, Marvel's been pretty much owning the superhero movies for, like, the last decade, and they still haven't done a female-led one, you know? it's like At least on. they had female superheroes in their movies. DC's never had I know. one until the, it's now. Just, overall, it's it's pretty pathetic that it's taking so long. Oh, I agree, too, but it, like I think Marvel's actually also, did a better that job. that was kind of an issue with... That, that was one of the issues I had with the Spider-Man movie, was that there were a lot of great female characters. They're all separately very strong. None of them interact with each other. Like, well, at all. I think that... The thing about it, well, yeah, it's like we talked about the Bechtel test. I know it's it's a a good thing, but it also has its flaws. It's not the only metric by which to judge a movie. It is, and a lot of people use it as the only metric. But it's a little troubling that like none of the women like talk to each other like in any way separately. But I think the women were used very well in this movie, and probably better in some Bechtel test movies because sometimes when they interact, they interact. That's why it doesn't work as a perfect system. People are like, oh, these two women interacted. But how did they interact? Were their characters good characters? Because you got to have good characters. Well, that is part of the test, too, though, is, like, about, like, how they interact. So it's just, you know, they have these great characters, but then they only ever, like, they appear one at a time to talk to Peter. And it's never, like, oh, they have a conversation, too, or any of that stuff. Also, this movie was very fast-paced. Nobody talked for very long. There no, wasn't was long conversations, paced. and it was, like, very fast-paced. They were, like, these real... And there was, like, a couple of montage scenes, actually, with Peter and Ned and other things to get everything moving really quickly. So I don't think any characters actually interacted for very long in it. it I just, just like to see the girls, like, talk more I would like, too. later. Or, but like, the best way Aunt May do more stuff. But the best way to solve that is to have a female lead. Because yep. that, theme, that lead character, no matter who it is, is always going to interact the most with everybody. Yeah. So you need that fucking female exactly. lead to interact with everybody. Get on that, guys. And uh, I, I that's the, that solves most of the issues when it comes to writing these type characters. Uh, a very small role in it, which I enjoyed because he's an actress I liked, was Tang Daly playing the head of uh, Damage Control. 
I, she's she just has good. to come back for something. Like, she's too big of a name for them to, like, one-off. She could pop like up that. on S.H.I.E.L.D. or something else, Yeah, too, she's got to come back somehow. But I liked her in that, and I liked him bringing damage control back. Uh, Marissa Tomei as uh, May. I liked her. I loved I her loved as Aunt her. May. Uh, I didn't mind the jokes about her being sexy, especially Tony Stark, because he's a sexist asshole to begin with. <laughs> Tony's gross. <laughs> uh, there was maybe one too many in the movie. Like, everybody ogling her yeah. was a little much. But I didn't really mind that fact that they, they were saying she's sexy. Tony's an asshole. He says that kind she, of shit. You know what? It was also... And too, by the way, she is. She is hot. But um, there was also... It was slightly annoying that they kind of played her as being almost ignorant of being... Like, uh, of how attractive she is. I it was that whole, like, she's all that kind of deal. Where, it's like, she, they gave her oversized glasses and stuff. And it was, like... the thing about Marissa Tomei is she doesn't look as older as she is. That's why when people were saying, well, how can you have a young Aunt May? She's actually not that young. She's probably 50, 55 or something like, like that. Marissa Tomei's not that young. My aunt is in her 50s. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa Tomei's probably pushing 60, which isn't a bad thing, but it's like... She's people, like 52. People acting like she was really young or something like this. No, she just doesn't have white hair and fragile. She's not... I didn't want to Aunt May. Yeah. It looked like she was going to have a heart attack. No, I li- and I liked that with Sally Field, too. Like, Sally Field was not she was like really a good fragile person too. Yeah. in that... Um, yeah, I, did, I thought it was weird that they, they kind of pulled a she's all that kind of deal with her where it's like everybody's like ogling her and like she's like kind of oblivious to how hot she is. You I know? think also they did that in ways to have people saying stuff to freak Peter out. Because I think part it, of that it bothered too. him in some ways. Like it he, really bothered he, her with when Tony did. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like almost pointing out to him that your aunt's kind of hot and stuff like that. Because nobody thinks their older relatives usually are attractive yeah. in that way. More or less, like, you know, I mean, they don't even think most people think their parents are. But she was really good in this movie, and that was kind of. I, I wish they would have kept that scene where Peter sees her rescue somebody. Yeah, that Like, would. I look forward to seeing that on the DVD. It's good to see who inspires people to do stuff. Like, Peter was mainly inspired by something bad that happened to him. Yeah. It would have been nice, nice to have him inspired by something good. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we were talking about earlier, like, you, there's no mention of Ben. What, I, really, I can't remember back. So. Like, she kind of just alludes to, like, bad things have happened and she's worried about him. I love the part at the very, very end of the movie when, um, you know, Pete thinks he's, like, secretly, you know, he's got this double life down pat and everything. And he's taking too long changing out of his costume and she walks in and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that, that part. <laughs> I love it because it gets it out of the way of making it It does, because, like, come on. How come they never notice, like, how come Aunt May never notice that he's Spider-Man? Or he's sneaking out. <laughs> you know, like, come on. But, uh, like, Clark I... Kent is Superman. <laughs> but... Like we talked about earlier, Robert Downey Jr., they used him in the perfect amount. Yeah, movie. Everybody was, was afraid, amount. and I was kind of like, would he overwhelm the movie? But I thought he used it in a very good way. Of course, Peter would have to, like, like the fact that his his suit has almost, like, a lot of technology. So we've talked about before, uh, Tony Stark overdoes everything. Yeah. So, of course, he would overdo He never does anything He wouldn't just make that. a suit that had web shooters. He would make a suit that has all this stuff. And, like... I like that. Yeah, and I, I liked that, um, you know, he put the suit in Peter's hands. And he knows Peter's a very, not just like, oh, he has powers and stuff, but he knows that Peter's a very smart kid, like, very scientifically inclined and everything. And he leaves this high-powered suit with him and doesn't think that he'll hack it or anything. Which, to be fair, Peter's not really the one that hacks it. Ned does, but... 
But, like, he goes to, like, the school for science and everything, and, you know, you what? don't expect them to hack it. Tony, wouldn't you have hacked it? Which brings us to the, the category of, like, all the big big and small cameos that were in it. First was Gwyneth Paltrow towards the end. I loved her a little bit. Like, I was surprised seeing her in such a small Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember somebody saying that she was going to appear in it, but I couldn't remember it. But, but I loved the thing. I loved the joke with the ring at the end. I thought her chemistry between her and Robert Downey Jr. is so good that it it worked yeah. and stuff like that with all them. And um, I loved Chris Evans. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if you guys see it, like, make sure you stay until the end. <laughs> The very end is the best, I think. They just trolled you hardcore, and it was the best. Because even though I've loved all the after credit scenes, I'm getting tired of sitting in a theater for after credit scenes. So that I was loved delightful. That and I guess they recorded a lot of those, and they're gonna be on the um, they're they're gonna be on the DVD too. And um, that brings me to another part. Like, okay, um, the gym teacher Hannibal Burris. I love him. Yeah, Hannibal Burris was really good and in his small it. role. he crushed it. Yeah, he was really good in a small role. Um, you know what he did at the premiere? He couldn't attend. Yeah, so he sent a lookalike. He sent a lookalike that he hired off of, like, Craigslist or something. And people were interviewing him, and they thought it was really him. Which is sad, because that really points to the fact that People are like, oh, you all look alike. You know, that famous, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was kind of a statement America in its 2017. Own way. Uh, another, uh, of course, we talked about Ned, uh, Peter's Ned. best friend, but played by Ned. Jacob. He's the guy in ba- the chair. Badolin, I think is his last name. I think's how you pronounce it. Uh, he's basically a copy of the best friend character from the Miles Morales stories. Yeah. So you probably won't see that best friend character because it's basically that best friend character. Yeah, he was he was very much like that kid, which I honestly am not remembering his name. Not from the looks, no. But like, I really enjoyed him and Peter in this book because they're almost like a team, and them doing stuff and everything. But so I I mean it has an even larger cast and a lot of small appearances and big ones. But like Jennifer Connelly does the voice of Karen for yeah. Peter Parker's AI, which is Kind of interesting, considering her real-life husband does the voice, uh, I mean, is the vision. Mm-hmm. Play mm-hmm. Jarvis and and that. But now we get to Easter eggs. Dum, da, da, da. My favorite was just, I really did like Donald Glover. Yeah, that's one of the big Easter eggs we already really talked happy. about. That was a really good one. Uh, I wish he would have gotten a place, Miles Morales, though. But he, I mean, he did do the voice. Even when he was in Community, he was probably he too was old too to play. Old, but you know, he just like so. He did was the voice so on the Ultimate Spider-Man show for Miles, which yeah. was really good and stuff. It just it goes to it, it does go to the point though that it's this movie was great. The boy that played Peter Parker was great. But how many more Peter Parker stories do we? They're do? always like, going to make you, Peter you Parker. You know, that's the thing. It's like we keep getting these kind of like. Slightly different, but the same movies, and it's like, come on. They might do a Miles Morales, but most of them's always going to be Peter Parker because yeah. that's Spider-Man. It'd be like somebody saying, like, you know, there have been different Batmans. There have been different Captain Americas, like, throughout history. When he oh. was, while he was frozen from World War Two during that whole time, they they had other Captain Americas. Right. If Cap dies in Infinity War, do you think they'll have Bucky take over, or do you think they'll have Sam take over? Sam's not going to take over. They'll have no. Bucky take yeah. over. For one thing, actor signed to a lot of contracts. He is signed to like a ton of movies. And he's already established big, and 
even though I love the actor that plays the Falcon in it, I don't think he can carry his own movie mm. that big like that. I, I don't, and I think Sebastian I wish they would take can. more chances on some things. I do, I do too. But I was pleased that... Plus, I don't really like the Cat Falcon in the books. I don't like that costume. I think it, I would rather seen him just wear a cap costume than have a cap costume with wings on it. I just don't like the yeah. looks of it. I don't like that much, really. Plus, it I don't was, see why he, he became too, Cap. He it was like he was taking over somebody else's yeah. identity he, when he had his own. And he also own. doesn't have the super soldier serum. So it was like he was always getting his ass kicked. I think he actually has in the Did books. He? I think he does in the books. He, he, I don't know. I read that first one and he... I think he has. He got his ass thing. kicked like all over the place. I didn't think he had it in Well, actually... I don't think it, he had the super soldier serum. In the books? Yeah. I think he I think he originally was supposed to have it. But Cap's actually... It's kind of waned on how strong he's supposed to be in the book. Sometimes I know, it goes back and forth. He's actually supposed um, to be like an extraordinary but human. In and my like heart superhero. of hearts, he can be on the top of the S.H.I.E.L.D. building and fucking hold a helicopter, alright? You and Stacy are two people that <sighs> just that sweat every time you see that scene. <laughs> my friend, I love me some Chris Evans, My friend right? Stacy, like, she's always talking about that scene, but whatever. Uh, another homage scene that's an Easter egg in this is... From the Spider-Man story final chapters when he's got all his stuff crashed down on him. And he's like struggling to get up and it looks like and he's, he's going like to die. And he's like going to give up and stuff. Um, Tom Holland played that scene really, really well. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he looked like a kid that was in over his head. And, you know, he just played that really well. Other Easter eggs that are in that are... Let's see. Which ones? Like you got the Vulture and it. Oh! Scorpion that appears in the yeah, The only one I didn't the, get while watching yeah, it was I didn't the get Scorpion that because I didn't see on his neck that. I didn't get who he was supposed to be. The two different be. people who were the shocker in it. Yeah. Like, they both wear jackets that kind of have this pattern of, like, the way he looks with the shocker mm-hmm. stuff. The Tinkerer, who, you know, he's never called a Tinkerer, is the one that's making the stuff for tunes. And it, um, uh, I don't remember a, a, a ton of other ones. Do you coming off the top of your hand well that boy ned is supposed to be the hobgoblin but well if we don't he becomes know if he the hobgoblin that. he could um i didn't i don't remember a time i feel like the suit that tony was gonna give peter at the end not the colors but like kind of like the design of the spider on the front of it looked a little like it was reminiscent of the iron spider to me but it wasn't like the iron spider costume um which like does peter I mean, Peter's not the main Iron Spider, but, like, he has worn the suit, right? He's the original person that wears it oh, because it's when... Oh, because, see, I keep... In the original Civil show, War, but... he reveals his identity because Tony Stark basically talks him into it in some yeah. way. While they're having to, like, register as heroes and stuff, he reveals his identity, and then the Kingpin has uh, Aunt May killed, basically. Do you think that was kind of what, uh, what Tony was going for? With that press conference at the end, did he want him to come out in costume, or did he want him to reveal his identity? Like, I think he was going to have him come out as a, not reveal his identity, but just, it was going to be announcing him as a new Avenger, I think, yeah. so the whole point of yeah. it was going to be. So Tony's th- not really that reckless with other people, he's more reckless with himself. <laughs> until he is reckless with the world, pretty much, with stuff like Ultron and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, like, individual people, he's not. Like, he's cavalier about, like, I'm Iron Man, you know. Like, I don't think he'd out another superhero, uh, necessarily. Like, 
I think he would. I think he, if he believes that's the right thing to do, which has always been shown, he will do what he thinks is the right thing to do, even though. See, it might I think not be. like I think it's better like in Civil War that he kind of like emotionally manipulates Peter to reveal himself. Yeah, he does in a way, but the whole point of Civil War is he is leading people that are arresting people that won't register. Yeah. Even people who aren't currently fighting as like superheroes and stuff I, like I, that. I guess I I got a sense from this movie like he kind of was like. Papa Tony. <laughs> and in the books, like, he did stuff like famous storyline. Like, there's once when he revealed his identity as Tony Stark, and then he wiped the minds of the whole world of that information. Yeah. Which is basically assault on people, if you think about it, so they don't know it. Do you flashy thing, me, Kay? Yeah. And then later, when Smite commits industrial espionage and steals his armor. Oh, I mean, he's and not they a start, good guy. <laughs> but, and they start using it for, uh, like, criminals and other things. He not only takes his armor technology back from criminals and other heroes, he takes it back from prison guards in places where they were watching supervillains and stuff like that. So if Tony believes he's doing the right thing, he's yeah, not Tony above is doing not bad. Like, <laughs> he's not above moral reproach. He's an egomaniac, misogynist asshole, and that's what he is. That's why I hate in the comics when they're like, he was acting sexist, and like, because he's a sexist asshole. You need to have variations of people. Not everybody who's sexist asshole is a rapist with a, you know, carrying a Nazi flag or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's variations. That's called humanity and stuff. But, like, I loved him in this movie and how he was used and stuff. And overall, it's just a great movie. I, I, I also liked at the end it wasn't setting up necessarily something big. It was it stood yeah. on its own in a lot of ways. It was like you know clearly Peter Parker Spider Man is gonna come back, but it wasn't like some gigantic opening was left that you know this was one movie that it was just you could just watch that movie by itself like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I thought it was really um, good. And I loved the beginning when Peter is making his own little movie on his cell phone. Yeah, that was funny too. <laughs> that was adorable. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And they did a good job of, like, if you hadn't seen Civil War, they basically threw in. Yeah, it was basically, like, a one-minute cut of Civil War. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked that it was a younger tone and a younger cast and everything. Uh, And I also liked that it was a more diverse cast. Um, oh, something we didn't talk about. It was just excellently diverse. And I closed the window, so I don't have the actor's name. But the guy who plays Flash Thompson, I know a lot of people got mad about that, too. He did a really good job in it, too. I thought he did, too. And they also made it, like, okay, they go to the school for science. And I, I think in the other movies, they, they kind of kept him as just a, like, one-dimensional jock. But, yeah, people got mad because he's he not a jock in his science. He's, he's a He's a nerd jock. Like, he's more athletically inclined, but he's still he's really smart because he goes to the school for science. I mean, like, he's, a, he's even a DJ, which I think almost all DJs are assholes. Yeah, I mean, that was, like... <laughs> You can't get any douchier than that. Yeah, I thought all that was really good. I I thought it worked with the context. Like, I'm sorry, like that's a competitive school that they go to. He's not going to be some like idiot. Nobody's mad because he's not a jock. People are mad because he's he's, not white. (laughs) That's why people. Well, that was that was like the biggest complaints that I saw going into this movie was that really it was just like. Well, you can't make MJ black, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And the question I have is, but why? So the fuck what? So the fuck what if MJ's black? Like people get mad over stupid stuff change? when it comes. It's like the original oh, black movie girls when can't be pretty too. When <laughs> like people what? are like Christian Dunst, 
hair wasn't red enough. And I was like, who gives a fuck if her hair's red? she was bottle red, like... (laughs) I'd rather had her hair just be blonde, because when they tried to dye it red, it just looked bad. (laughs) It looked like, you know, the 14-year-old that gets the bottle of red dye from Hot Topic. (laughs) Source, 14-year-old that had bottle of red hair dye from Hot Topic. (laughs) So, Mar, to end this, you started it with Spider Pig. Talking about Spider Pig. If you've never checked out the book called Spider Ham, you need to find it with Marvel. It's actually an alternate universe where, uh, how you say, anthropomorphized? Anthropomorphized. Yeah, you can say that word. I can't. And everybody's animals. And it's Spider Ham. And it's actually a really good book. It's it's enjoyable and funny. And it's a good book. It was part of a kid's line they were doing at the time when they were doing like Muppet Babies and a number of other things. And it's actually a good book. And Spider-Ham, I think... Well, he popped up in the spy, in the, uh, that Spider-Universe thing they did, which had all the alternate universe yeah. Spider-Mans. But I think he actually popped up on Ultimate Spider-Man, too. But I love Spider-Man. You I know think- what his secret identity is? Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And with that note, we say, go see Spider-Man Homecoming. It is very good. Very funny. Right, Mar? He stayed till the very end. How many more of these I got to do?